has been consumed. And the stuffing. <laughs> and mashed potatoes. And uh. pumpkin pie. <laughs> Uh, and the cranberry sauce. Is this? I, that's like slight, almost, almost venom. Almost, but almost. he he is a little bit more of a. It's less like, th- you know, the bottom of your throat. Yeah, it's more like just scratchy. Yeah, right. And it goes into the top of his mouth a little more. <laughs> Yep, it's like halfway between like a like an orc and venom somewhere in there. Me, not that kind of orc. <laughs> I don't like being stereotyped. Um, speaking of stereos, and what types. type of stereos? Um, was that a transition? No. And <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? I. I don't know. We were you. What? Never mind. Um, how? How? Uh, Thanksgiving. It was a thing. It. Uh, it was very good. How, we gave. We gave the thanks. How were people's Thanksgiving holiday? Twas very good. We had all of my immediate family home. All fourteen Same. of us. Sixteen, if you count the in mm-hmm. Uh There was a whole lot of yelling and accusations. Oh. One Night Ultimate Werewolf is a fun time. Oh, yes. It's been a couple of years since I've played that, but it was good fun. Yes. I developed a very consistent strategy where I would always claim the same thing at the beginning uh, just to be consistent so I could be... So people were constantly... If I lie left. every time, they won't be suspicious of me lying, basically. <laughs> and you want people suspicious. Well, not when you're you know, a townsman, but when you're a... Uh, uh, werewolf or on their team then yeah hmm it's but yeah that was that was very fun other than that just you know the food the people we had about three birthdays we oh, yep. celebrated truncated the great triumvirate right so that was good yeah i mean pretty similar deal with uh Spent four days at home with my immediate family and also their spouses and um, got to hang out with uh, my nephews and my niece quite a bit. Um, so that was uh, it was a good good old time. It was, <clears throat> I mean, it was. It didn't feel super short at the time, but then on Sunday I was like, "Dang, that went quick." Mm-hmm. I felt like every, the days were very full days, but it was a it was a rather altogether pleasant Thanksgiving. Good food, good company, lots of games and silliness good fun so yes i had a good time how was uh thanksgiving at seminary well it wasn't at seminary oh right you guys had to, you went to we, we do get to leave here every that's now true again. <laughs> that's that's right you you went to wisconsin how are they did i spent uh, a little bit of time in wisconsin with my aunt stayed at her place and and uh my cousin just had a baby four months oh. ago so i got to meet oh. her for the first time very cool very, very cool, cool. That uh, was neat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had a whole week off. 
So I just kind of did a little homework in the mornings and got some good rest and relaxation in nice. the rest of the time. It uh, it would appear, uh, it would audibly appear that uh, you've got your graphics card situation sorted out. I have got it sorted out. I yeah. have received this today, which I'm audibly showing the camera. Um, uh, it's also, is that forwards for you? That's the one I have, I think. Okay. So yeah, I got that uh, SSD. We should, should, should audibly explain it. I uh, purchased an SS, a solid state drive for my computer because the hard drive is starting to slow down a bit and I don't like it. I want to use specifically an for a NVMe solid yes. state drive. A 970 Evo Plus. Yes. So, which I managed to get for a decent price despite the global chip shortage. Um, <laughs> people, uh, uh, the British be hurting for their potato wedges and we're hurting for our crisps, you know, with the global chip shortage. <laughs> It's the other Indeed. way around. And oh, is it? Yeah, thought, they have thought... the. We have chips. They have crisps. Yeah. Right, but he I was leading leading up to it. He didn't want to say uh, chips. He, yeah, but because... he said we are short on our crisps, which is what they call chips. But we yeah, I flipped it around. Yeah, and he said potato wedges for them because they call fries chips. Mm -hmm. It was a whole bit lead it's up. A, it's a bit that didn't make sense. Yeah, the delivery. I, I did flip it around, and I guess I didn't really set that up. But, um, mm -hmm. oh well. Uh, let's see, exciting things happening. Well, speaking of uh, computer stuff. Oh, I, right, yeah, Nathan. You... I bought all the, I bought, I bought the PC to build uh, a cup on Cyber Monday. Nice. It was like... I, I went to PC Parts Picker, picked one of their, looked at one of their middle of the road like uh, recommended default builds, slightly modified it with some other things I needed. Nice. And uh, yeah, that should be coming in over the next couple of weeks. Sweet. Mm -hmm. All sorts of gadgetry about the places. Nathan is joining the master race. <laughs> I guess I am. Mm -hmm. Um. So, speaking of his loyalty <laughs> won't be fully to it of course no but, but I'm, I'm allied in your cause yeah, yeah, yes uh -huh. also um because of he's the italy in this situation <laughs> when i was ordering the parts on amazon it was like Hence hey you can Mario. get a free month of amazon prime and i'm like okay i'll do that and then i looked on like the amazon prime like game thing and i was like oh you're giving away a free copy of control yes please and so that now i have that free on copy my thing to do these days Huh? So that I'll seems, be able to play that immediately upon get getting my PC set up. That seems to be the giveaway deal these days is control because you got us the code and I, I, I got, got mine that. from Amazon Prime, so he oh, got you, it from the same place I got it. Uh, so that's only if you do a new subscription. No, it's like one of the things they offer as a perk it's, of online. It's on gaming. Twitch Prime. On Twitch, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't have Twitch. That's why. I have Amazon Prime, but I don't have Twitch. But yeah, if you tw link Twitch, your Amazon, you automatically account. get Twitch Prime if you have Amazon Prime. So all you have to do is have a Twitch account because Amazon owns Twitch. Right. So Okay. I guess I've never really looked into what sort of games opportunities. Well, there was just a whole bunch of like extra content and DLC. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to play Fall Guys. Thank you. I yeah. just got, or League of Legends. Or I just whatever. got Frostpunk today for free off of the 
the week, the monthly Prime deals. Frostpunk. Yes. So, I'll have to give that a shot sometime here. Yeah. Um, let's see what else is exciting. Oh, on uh, I I went down a good old games rabbit hole and found a couple of games from my childhood. One of which I had a CD copy, but it, I couldn't get it to work on my PC. But the good old game version worked. It's a World War II strategy game. And I was like, ooh, the soundtrack was burned into my brain. And I had a little happy feeling inside when I heard the yes. noise of tanks and planes and <laughs> screaming. GOG. <laughs> it was, it, it was uh, a, an inverse flashback. <laughs> it's like smiles as, uh, yeah. No, but it, it was kind of really is a wonderful little thing because mm-hmm. it's got all the the big nice modern games, but it also has these things you've never heard of, yeah, or things mm-hmm. that you like had some. Uh, I don't know one random CD copy of that you got from a th- uh, Goodwill or something. Yeah, yep. yep. Uh, I had I on I have an account on GOG before this. Uh, because I discovered that you could get the uh, Jill of the Jungle trilogy for free on there, which is <laughs> old uh, old p- PC platformers by Epic Games. Uh, and it's, I had the first one. It was like a... It was one of those things where they would release the first chapter as like shareware that you would pass around to everybody, but then like made you buy part two and three. Mm-hmm. I think Doom did that and a couple other like notable games did that. Of course, most people only just copied and shared part one and only played part one and didn't buy the rest. And that was the case with uh, our our uh, copy of this random little jungle platformer. It was fun. The other, speaking of old games, I, I guess Andrew at some point convinced Michelle to... To start King's Quest Six. Yes. <laughs> I was like... Interesting. Huh. Apparently, she's tolerating it. Yeah, for his sake. I mean, it's about on par with the Reader Rabbit games she would have played when we were young. Um, that's as far as Michelle's gaming career got. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Sam the you're Lion. Telling me Michelle's not an esports pro. <laughs> <laughs> far from it, but that's okay. Well, maybe part of it is the fact that. All the other games that she's ever experienced people play in her childhood were World War II shooty games. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And that, that, that might put her off to the concept a little more. I mean, Math Muncher is kind of slapped. <laughs> Just saying. <True. laughs> Frogger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still have that. That's, the funniest thing to me is that that still works. Ugh. I, I've never beaten it after all this time. There's just we should, some... like stream you trying to frogger beat that stream game. The, oh boy frogger stream. that oh sounds boy. like great youtube content oh yeah <laughs> well we get we got to get through metopia but i suppose this, mm-hmm. these things are hey you know what um you know when you're up there's uh, obviously we're going to do everything under god on god's green earth um when riley's up on christmas vacation obviously but there's mm-hmm. we could theoretically get isaac out here do some and, more metopia but in person yeah that'd be fun that would be cool Amiibos are so great. But yeah, there, there'll be that. And yeah, we can stream the, the we could do a Frogger, a Frogger stream or something like that. That'd be fun. Maybe I should get you to play the other King's Quest games also. I only got you to play five so far. Five was five was fun. It, I liked it, five. It, it was my childhood favorite. favorite it was entertaining. Six is good. And honestly, some of the old like ones where you can only interact with them through text are also like 
pretty fun. Mm-hmm. There's some nice outside the box puzzles. Yep. I think three, four, five, and six are my favorite. I still have yeah all the DOS box stuff on here. Which... Oh yeah, I think you have like all the games that I. I think I just dropped a folder full of those games that run on DOSBox. Yep. So, good yeah. good stuff. Um, well, speaking of dropped boxes, we're the Palladian Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. What, are, what uh, edition? We're of doing podcast? an edition of Gregarious Games Ooh. this week for A Plague Tale Innocence. Oh. Aha. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh. So yes, we get gregarious about games. I don't know. Whatever. We're gonna we're moving on. So, so, the Plague Tale Innocence is a game developed by Focus Interactive, released in 2019, <laughs> I believe, and it's a uh, story of kind of the black death era 1300s france and we begin in an idyllic french countryside manor where amicia de rune our main character is out spending time with her father practicing her sling that's definitely not coming in later that's not a tutorial segment for major combat (laughs) nope it's definitely not and uh you know they're just hanging out having fun you know doing father and daughter stuff and uh amicia's mom is back at the, the she's house got it going on back at the house amicia's mom <laughs> got it going on. <laughs> and uh she's taking care of her younger brother amicia's younger brother hugo who's five and has a a rare disease that uh, uh-huh. gives him frequent headaches and you know it's a it's generally a bothersome condition mm-hmm. so uh that's why she's not out accompanying them so amicia and her father are out on a walk and with their beloved pet leon is lion but spelled in french mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's pronounced like a, f- a, f- a french person Yes. All, all of the characters in this game have the, uh, the Thick sh- French sh- accents. <laughs> except except the lady who voices Amicia is actually a French girl. So. Oh. oh, neat. There you go. Huh. It kind of, you, when you first hear it, you kind of sound like, oh, this sounds kind of forced. But then I, I looked it up later and I'm like, like, oh, she's actually French. Elle est française. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so they're out on a walk and. Amicia spots a boar, so she's like, mmm, that'll be tasty. So she Eat takes it with it out my baguettes. Sl- this will go nicely with a feast for tonight. <laughs> and so she slings it, and Leon runs up to retrieve it. And all of a sudden, a, a giant hole bursts out of the ground and swallows up Leon and the boar. And they're like, <laughs> what is going on? What is What's this, happened? Florida? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, French so, Florida, French Florida. So they're all uh, freaked out about band. that. So they, they go inside to talk to the mum, and mum says, uh, "All right, um, this is bad. I don't know why she's Australian all of a sudden." <laughs> That's like the default podcast <laughs> accent. It, it, is, it is my default podcast accent. <laughs> 
Anyway. Just start giving each character different accents, even though they're all in France. <laughs> even though they're all... Brother Hugo <laughs> is Russian for some reason. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so hole in the ground, talk to mom. She say this bad. She's um, taking care of Hugo, and Amicia is not generally allowed in because, you know, Hugo's sensitive and... So she pretty much doesn't know Hugo at all. Like, they don't have a, a working relationship. They don't sure. see each other. So she goes in and says, hey, Hugo, how's it going? He's like, oh, you know, this is how I talk because I'm five years old. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, you know, they, they just they have an awkward conversation because they don't actually you know, know each other very well. And while they're up in there, uh, the Inquisition rolls up and storms the house. Un- quite unexpectedly. Nobody expected them. No, of course not. And so, Mum says, "We've got to leave. They're coming after you. Go, got to get out of here." So they escape the house with uh, Hugo and Mom in tow, and they do stereotypical stealth game tactics, such as hiding in tall grass where clearly no one can see you, even though your head is sticking out of it, right? And throwing rocks at conveniently located chests full of armor that just so happened to be laying about the property in order to distract the guards so that they can get through the spots that they were looking at before. Right. You know, stand, standard stealth game stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting away. They close the gate as they're exiting the garden and the butler gets stabbed and then mom gets stabbed through the door with a sword. And so... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> They're like, mom's like, go run, get away now. And they don't want to leave their mom, of course, but they're just like, we, well, we don't want to get stabbed through a door. So they keep on going. They continue the escape. All we, do, we don't want to get eaten by a giant titan, man. <laughs> no, and we all, we certainly don't want to uh, expect the, the uh, French Inquisition, I guess. No. <laughs> so they, they continue their escape. They go through some... You know, nearby villages where they're not welcomed because, you know, there's a plague going around and nobody wants to, to go Bring outside out or let people in that they might, you know, spread the plague around. Mm-hmm. They get cornered by some drunken greengrocer from Luton with an Instamatic and Dr. Skull, Sandals and Tuesday <laughs> Daily Express <laughs> that, that Amicia has to kill in order to protect Hugo because he's... Uh, convinced that they're the reason the plague is around and you know those sneaky daroons you know they nobody likes them because the inquisition propaganda is you know running and running around mm-hmm. so she really would like to avoid killing this guy but there's no choice about it uh, if he if she doesn't then you know she'll die and he'll go along with her so she does it throws a sling into his noggin and it's a bad deal uh-huh. and she's not happy about that but you know she's, she's got to keep going so they go to seek out Laurentius, who's an alchemist who's been helping their mother beatrice um concoct a cure for hugo's disease uh-huh. so they they go through uh, a churchyard and they get uh they meet a monk and he's like uh, okay, we'll uh, we'll get you on through to the other side. <laughs> but uh, I'm warning you, there's I'll take you through the monastery, even though I'm clearly a Franciscan. 
uh, <laughs> they don't live in monasteries. But we'll we'll take you through the monastery to the other side where you can get to Laurentius's uh, estate. I'm sure, I'm sure the Benedictines won't mind we're taking you through their monastery. So, certainly not. So as they're going through, a, a big swarm of rats jumps out and uh, swallows Mr. Monk. Oh no! That's a bad time. But Amicia and Hugo have a torch, and the rats, you know, stay in a ring around them. They just want to cook. So they don't like the light. If you've got some light, they won't come in you. Mm-hmm. So they, they continue making their way to Laurentius's farm, and they eventually arrive there, and they meet with his assistant, Lucas, who's about Amicia's age, 12, four, 12 or 14 or so. Sure. Who's taking care of him because he is uh, quite ill. And he's like, I don't have much time left, but you should flee to Chateau Dumbrage, a secret castle in a secret valley. And they do, because that's the only place that will really be safe, because nobody, nobody remembers that this giant castle exists in, in the hidden valley. Right, Just it's a hidden castle in a hidden valley. Where so, they keep where they keep the ranch that have names, so clearly nobody remembers them. Mm-hmm. Yep, nobody remembers that it's there because the Inquisition are the coming real... after Laurentius too. So if they stay, you know, they'll just get caught again. Right. So they they follow the aqueduct towards the secret castle, and Hugo secret has an episode. Castle. <laughs> secret castle <laughs> through the aqueduct. <laughs> Okay. No, it's not through the aqueduct. They just follow it. Oh that, well. And they leads to nobody the has thought to check t- the the end of this aqueduct to see where it goes. No. To to see that there's a, a giant hidden castle there. But Hugo Lucas tells them that the disease is called the prima macula. He doesn't really know what causes it, but he's heard um, Laurentius say that. So they they uh, cross through a battlefield where the English and the French were duking it out, and there's a few English soldiers left there that they have to evade, which they do, and they run into some thieves, who help them escape after they're caught by the aforementioned soldiers. The names of these thieves are Melly and Arthur, and Arthur gets caught. Um, he's up on the ramparts making a distraction, and he gets left behind. You know, so that the others can escape. And Melly is distraught, but she's much more of a, a coarse, you know, worldly individual than Amicia is. She hasn't had a comfortable life. She's been, you know, on the lower end of society. So she's uh, kind of a foil to Amicia, who's kind of more... Um, kind of naive innocent, innocent. Yeah who's slowly starting to lose that innocence. Hey, right, maybe, that's because a, maybe that's a theme here. Perhaps. Roll credits. Do they what haven't do said Plague Inc. Rat Tale or whatever the title is. A, plague tales, a Plague's Tale Innocence? We got the innocence part. Oh, yeah. Oh, the innocence part will continue throughout. But the... Innocence. So they, <laughs> they, they, they finally... They finally <laughs> 
<laughs> there it is. That one took me a little bit. It usually doesn't. <laughs> Sorry. They continue to uh, find the secret castle. They found the castle, and lo and behold, there's a bunch of rats there, so they have to. But the castle appears to have been built specifically to deal with rats. Hmm. So there's like braziers along the wall that you push along, and it pushes all of the rats into a pit. In this like multi-tiered setup, even though the puzzle time, yeah, it's it's puzzle platform. No, it's not platform. It's puzzle stuff. But you also like wonder why such a castle was built if this you know plague is something that has only occurred so recently. Perhaps it's happened before. Perhaps it's happened before. So Melly's decided once they've settled down. That she wants to go back and see if Arthur's still alive. Hugo is... His illness is getting worse. And they need some ingredients from the city to make a concoction to remedy the symptoms. So, uh, Amicia agrees to go along so she can find out some more about that. They're mm-hmm. looking for a book called the Sanguinis Itinera. That has the uh, formula for this remedy. So Amicia goes to the university while Melly kind of goes off to the prison. So they split up. Amicia goes um, through the university and encounters a young man named Roderick, who is there kind of being interrogated by the Inquisition because he built the chamber where the book is being stored. Where's the wimpy kid at? (laughs) (laughs) And the chamber has a special lock on it that nobody knows how to open so Roderick was one and his father were the ones who built the chamber where the book is being stored and the inquisition can't get in there because it has a special lock on it and they're trying to get him to tell them how to open it he's like I'd rather die and they're like we can arrange that Mm -hmm. but uh, Amicia shows up with her alchemical concoctions and causes some chaos and helps Roderick escape and get into the chamber. And so they have a, a conversation and do co-op puzzle solving like so much of this game is based on. And they go and get the book and are going to sneak out, but lo and behold, the big bad is outside waiting for them when they show up. Oh. So Who's big bad? Big bad is the Grand Inquisitor Vitalis. Who looks like a bishop. He's wearing a mitre and stuff. So, obvious church bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. going on here. But, interestingly, that will be uh, developed later. But it, it's it meant to evoke an immediate church bad reaction. Sure. And so he goes on his villainous monologue. And Amicia, you know, prepares some explosives and lights the place on fire to give them an escape during the monologue so they go back to the castle and have a brief respite Uh, Hugo is kind of stabilizing after they've put the concoction together but he's not much closer to being cured Mm. and so they figure there must be some clues back at the, the family house that they can work with so Amicia and Lucas make the trip back there. And as they're making their way in, they see that all of the dead bodies are still there. 
They weren't consumed by the rats, which is unusual. And even more strange is the fact that Hugo's room is completely untouched, whereas the rest of the house has been overrun by rats' nests and such. So that's curious. So they find a a secret cellar through a series of uh, riddle-solving shenanigans. And so they start making the potion in the secret lab in the secret cellar when all of a sudden a big old pile of rats burst in. And now the rats are doing rat tornadoes, which is <laughs> scary. We're the rats. We're the rats. Because <laughs> ordinarily they won't come towards the light, but if they're in a tornado, apparently they'll sacrifice some of their own so that they can you know, jump in. For the tornado, my brothers. So you, you, you gotta you gotta throw <laughs> fiery stuff at them to get them to not. And so you fend off the rat tornadoes while Lucas works on the potion, and the instant he finishes it, the rats just chill out. They calm down and they they run off, mm-hmm. which is weird. But okay, I guess we'll they take it. They respect the PK boss fire. fight timed sequence over. Let's go to the next. You definitely fight. won't need to de- know how to deal with that later. Well, this is plot relevant. That is, uh, there's a reason this happens. Mm-hmm. So we wake up and uh, we go back to the castle. Amicia wakes up and Hugo is missing. Uh-oh. He is nowhere to be found and everyone searches the whole castle and they Where can't find him Hugo? anywhere. Where did Hugo? So Amicia has some bad dreams and hallucinations about her guilt at having lost him. And at the very end, she sees in her dream Hugo at the Inquisition base with Nicholas, who's the big scary captain of the the Inquisition's uh, military arm. Mm -hmm. And they learn that Vitalis has taken some of Hugo's blood and injected it into himself to gain the powers of the macula, which we have come to understand now Give Hugo has the ability to control rats uh-huh. by, by virtue of his it's kind of a disease but it's kind of not Ratatouille reverse it's a gift card and a curse. it is Ratatouille reverse card <laughs> <laughs> I control the rats but yeah he has in his blood the power to command the rats and so Vitalis wants that for himself so he can take over the world with Mwah. rats with with other with rats to make everyone fear him enough to uh, never challenge his rule so Hugo is in fact there at the Inquisition hideout base thing and being a small child he's conveniently able to squeeze through holes in the brickwork in his cell and get out so he is overheard from the guards that his mum is there what? I thought a mum was dead. And Amicia has been telling him this whole time, mom's dead. There's nothing we can do about it. We have to move on. But they've, you know, he's latched onto this hope that his mom is still alive. So he wanders around the jail and finds her and says, mom, let's escape. And she's like, no, Hugo, you got to get out of here. Leave me behind. She's like, Hugo says, nope. I'm not leaving until you come with me. She's like, okay. 
I'm going to teach you how to control the rats. So you can use the rats to solve the puzzles you need to reach the keys. So she, she teaches him and he goes and uh, retrieves the keys from the jailer while sicking the rats on several of the guards like you do. Mm -hmm. And busts Beatrice out of jail and they uh, proceed to escape. But psych! Vitalis is once again waiting for them at the exit. It's like, good, good, you now can control the rats. Let the heat flow through. <laughs> you and thought the rats were your ally. <laughs> well, while Hugo is sneaking around, um, one of the cardinals from Rome shows up and is like, Vitalis, you gotta stop this. The Pope has commanded you to shut down this operation. You, you, you must cease and desist. And he says, uh, your opinion has been heard, but rats. <laughs> so, so he, he sicks his rats on the, the official and Vitalis has white rats that only his power can command. Oh, they don't, because the white rats don't listen to Hugo. He has white rat power. He, he has white rat power, whereas <laughs> Hugo has brown rat power. Uh huh. This will become important later. I see. So back at the castle, Amicia is in real sad girl hours. She mm -hmm. lost her one surviving family member that she knows about. She doesn't know her mom is still alive. So she's she's kind of sad about that, but starting she's trying to vibe with her new found family of ragtag teenagers, just trying to eke out their existence in this secret castle that nobody nobody knows about, especially not Hugo. Uh huh. Right now that and now that now that now that Hugo's been captured by the bad guys, he's definitely not gonna you know come back and lead the with, bad guys with, with, to with them. the bad guys. Nope, that's not happening next. No, that's actually actually goes. that's happening next. Oh really? Yeah. yeah so so wow. Nicholas shows up with Hugo and he's like, "Come out here! I'm gonna kill all you stupid little kids." But they're better than him because they can extinguish his little fire that keeps the rats off of him. So they they extinguish his fire and sick the rats on him and he die. And the gang has decided that enough is enough and they're gonna go settle the score with the Inquisition. So they, they get up, get on up and they go to the city and Roderick sacrifices his life to hold open a gate and gets shot full of arrows in the process. But the rest of the gang gets through and uh, Amicia has a rat. Amicia and Hugo have a rat showdown with Vitalis where they, they take turns, you know, sicking their rats on each other and defeating each other's rat tornadoes in a, <laughs> a, fun, a fun little gameplay sequence. <laughs> they beat Vitalis and Vivin. Huzzah, a winner is you. And afterwards, Amicia and Hugo and their mom are, you know, trying to eke out a life because the castle got burned down so they can't go back there. And, uh, you yeah, know, they're... Their families back together. What what of it is left? And you know, th nothing will ever be the same as it was. But at least they can be happy with what they have now. The end. Yep. The end. Interesting. 
So, pretty cool. Uh, Riley, you played this. I watched a gameplay video like two years ago of this. So, I, I remember a lot of the plot points. But I'm aware of it and that Riley was playing it. But beyond that, this is more or less the first I've heard about it. So Yep. Uh, what, are, what are some cool things you like about the game having played it? One of my favorite things about this game is that it's it's just a story you know it's the gameplay is extremely light kind of like uh kind of like a way out that way where there's like some puzzle elements and gameplay Mm -hmm. things to do but it's more about participating in the story right the the narrative is the focus it's what everything is in service to you know Mm -hmm. and the gameplay mechanics are kind of integrated into that and the the sequences are pretty scripted it's there's not a lot of decision making that goes on and there's not a whole lot of consequences for the decisions that you do make because it's got a a preset narrative that it wants to take you through Mm -hmm. so i found that to be a neat decision because you know a lot of games these days try to make it about like you know, we've got this whole big morality system. and You can compli- make a choice. There's Open complicated mumbo-jumbo about all that. But Plague Tale's like, you know what? I have a story that I want to tell. This is and it I'm right here. T- have fun. Uh, I'm going to to kind of shoehorn you through it in not a ham-fisted way. But it's just like, in order to progress, you need to do these things that sort of are counter- intuitive to Amicia or kind of against her code of morals sure because you know she's she's an innocent young girl she doesn't kill people she doesn't swear she doesn't do any of this stuff but slowly one thing after another she has to kill Connor at the beginning and that's the first time that you know she's ever killed a man and so that impacts her deeply and you know hanging out with Melly kind of you know, she rubs off on her and she kind of picks up the a few curse words here and there and so she just kind of she's had her innocence ripped from her mm-hmm. at a un you know untoward age she's she's too young to be going through this stuff but that's just the world she's living in right now twas the hand she was dealt and she does what she does in order to protect Hugo. That's mm-hmm. everything she does revolves around that motive. Because for most of the game, that's Hugo is the only thing she has left. And that's kind of what her mother charged her with doing at the end, right? It was take her well, run. We, from the beginning, from the she's beginning. like, t- take care of Hugo. And even though she doesn't really know him, because they they haven't had the opportunity to interact much she still knows you know deep in her heart that he's family and that means a lot to her mm-hmm. so on the whole it's got this very clear narrative that it wants to establish and a lot of the gameplay sequences are designed such that you have to interact with them a certain way in order to give Amicia the character development that they're looking for mm-hmm which is a valid approach to games. It's yeah. yeah. It's sometimes it's refreshing like you said to play a game that's got a very specific story, very specific experience it wants you to have. 
and then uh, and go from there. And it's sort of more or less self-contained. Um, so yeah, I think there's some value in that. And that's, as I understand, the kind of approach that the new God of War or the Uncharted games also kind of do, where it's very much your adventure through the story with the characters that they set up, uh, where it's just that narrative and it's very narrative focused. Yeah. And, and there's some cool things you can do with uh, narrative focused games and way, the way that you can you know, tie together the story and the gameplay in a way that kind of pushes you forward and makes you feel like you're making the tough decisions with the characters even though there's really only one decision set before you yeah there's a a few sequences where you can decide whether you want to you know do it stealthy or do it aggressively sure and those decisions don't really impact the outcome of anything it's just how easy or hard do you want to make the level or how Mm -hmm. badly can you mess up and still recover Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you a, a, the way to experience it in a way that suits your play style a little more. And there's also a, a kind of progressive difficulty about it, where you know the the opening sequences are very easy, and it's not like apart from the sling quasi tutorial at the beginning, there's not a lot of like you know over overly tutorial-ish segments that's just kind of introduces new mechanics slowly as they're over time and you know those mechanics are narratively oriented but are also used later on in more complex puzzles as the game progresses so it's kind of it's pretty neat in that it it doesn't feel like you're getting it's not like you know. gamey in the way that you start up yeah. Assassin's Creed and there's a whole 12 minute tutorial sequence where you've got to do the specific moves in a specific or, or order. they explain every little thing to you so that you have your whole toolkit from the beginning. It slowly adds things and you, you they're gradually incorporated into more difficult sequences as it goes on. And the last couple are really, really neat. But, uh, yeah being control pk rat nato um <laughs> yeah and they they introduce um challenges that make you think outside the box of your the way you solved the problem before because some sure. of the enemies start carrying like torch maces so they their hammer will have a like a, a torch sconce attached to it so you can't just sick rats on them anymore you've got to think about a way to extinguish their fire or something sure you can deal with them using the macula so once you get used to a thing it shakes up the paradigm of your normal problem solving to make you think outside the box a little bit so never get like it never gets like old or routine it it's constantly engaging Mm -hmm. that's good that's nice very cool any other uh things you like any cool things you like to discuss i was also appreciative of how they didn't just go church bad oh yeah yeah that's a thing a lot of video games do a lot of modern media in general kind of does that mm -hmm. but they they kind of pulled the uno reverse card on you it's like no this guy's a bad actor and the church does not approve of him Mm mm-hmm 
and you know it's very been... clear that he is kind of off his rocker and is willing to kill people that don't agree with him isn't he also like dressed in white too yeah so which is obviously sort of a anti-pope sort of posture because only the pope wears white uh, clerics so uh, yeah i also find interesting the uh the fact that there's british hanging out by a battlefield because of the whole hundred years war part of the setting mm-hmm. so that's kind of that's kind of a neat little historical nod yeah it has a very historical base and then with at a first sum- it, that's all it is and but it slowly it, builds the fantasy on top of it, right? Which is a which is kind of a cool approach. It doesn't. It kind of saves you from like. It offers you. It starts out with a setting you more or less understand, and then it builds off of that. Which that's kind of an interesting way to approach it. Yeah, slowly turning the heat up on. No, it's not actually everything you expect. Yep. Now we have a castle a whole friggin castle that nobody knows exists like it's beauty and the beast or something yep and uh and it teaches you how to control the rats <laughs> at least keep them away but but then, yes. then and the it has a a funnel system that pushes them into a pit it's a, a fun little gameplay sequence um did we get any history on the disease? Is this the first emergence of the disease? No, or? it is not. No, it's just kind is of... Is it genetic? It's, it's kind of one of those, there is always the avatar. Sure. Oh, yeah. And so, like, every... You know, there was somebody in Roman times that had it. and Maybe it was, like, Julius Caesar or something. So there's, like, a connection with important people in history having been the possessor of it. I see. So there's not a whole lot of detail that that goes into. But, but it's the, just yeah. like vaguely alluded to as, yeah, this is a thing in this story, in this world. In, in this world. Okay. And that idea may be developed more in the sequel. That oh, is, there's a sequel upcoming? Th- there is a sequel that's going to be released sometime in 2022, I believe. Okay. Interesting. So we'll, like... we'll see where they go with that. Is it an earlier setting or a later setting, do you it's suppose? immediately following the events oh, okay. of one. Direct sequel. One. Direct sequel. Because I imagine there are probably others that have The Inquisition has not been you know, totally snuffed out. There are still people kicking around that know about the powers of the macula and covet it for themselves, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of directions they could go with it. It's called the Plague Tale Requiem. It's the title. Okay. Interesting. So somebody's dying. That's all we know. Yeah. That and you could also have the thematic element of trying to find rest. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, Amicia's whole arc is you know having her innocence pulled away, and that you there's some thematic potential there in yeah, Requiem for them trying to find rest, being, but being unable to find it. The mom survives. Yes, mom okay, survives. Yeah. We'll see how the we'll see how the see sequel. how long she does. Yeah. <laughs> see how that goes. Uh, should we get into the transcendental analysis? Yes, let us. So, truth. What are some truths we can gather from Plague Tale Innocence? Uh, innocence is a good thing, and you should attempt to preserve it. 
especially in kids. Yeah. There are there are times where you know kids will go through something harrowing and have it taken away from them, and there's implications to that that change the way they have to live. You know, you uh-huh. you can't you can't put it back. Nope. But, Once you're forced to grow up too early, it sort of leaves a lasting mark. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of relational struggles that Amicia goes through in being the sudden caretaker of her brother because mm-hmm. you know there's a sequence where she lashes out at him for being you know small and useless and he runs away and she has to chase after him in the middle of a while the inquisition is actively chasing them through the town mm-hmm. so she kind of has to you know come to terms with her newfound role as a parent basically without being totally ready for it yeah mm-hmm. and the whole uh you know fighting for her life type of thing is uh plays a plays a role in that stress too. but in equal measure fighting for her brother's life yeah yep and indeed only because she's fighting for her brother's life does she you know, decide to do these things yeah because if she um, were capable, she could, or if she, she is capable of running more so right. than her brother. So she could, but she doesn't because her brother is important to her, because family, because she loves him without really knowing him. It's, it's kind of her innate sense of the importance of family, because she's very close with her father, and not mm-hmm. so much. That's kind of formed her into be who she is her relationship with her dad mm-hmm. we also uh, we, we did touch on the the uh, church bad but not quite in this game the church bad Angle. narrative <laughs> I suppose we could get into that a little bit um, yes obviously there's a whole lot about inquisitions whether Spanish or otherwise um, and a lot of it is pretty misconstrued obviously this is a work of fiction mm-hmm. uh, no ratnados for you world um, no rat natos were harmed in the making of this game. <laughs> you can rest easy, Peter. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is kind of that is kind of a trend in games um, and other well, other stories. There was as well. a dumb Robin Hood movie where the entire plot was church bad, except Friar Tuck. Oh wait, wait, yeah, yeah that that Robin Hood movie was the the what was it whatever year it came out like twenty nineteen. Oh, the one that. Mike just bought on a whim. It's like, hey, we should watch this. And yeah. And we were like, ew. That was like, the whole thing was church bad. I was like, wait, I thought King John was the bad guy. Anyway, we digress. But that's... that's just, uh, the, the trend in modern media is to say, church bad. Authority, all uh, authority bad. Uh, the, the Crusades, bad. Inquisitions, bad. And sure, absolutely, there were absolutely bad things about all of this stuff throughout there history. There was corruption there was um you know turns out people in general kind of suck yeah uh, on every level in every era yep but that doesn't mean the the church the people and the church the institution is like kind of two different things yeah and it's kind of a welcome uh welcome uh change of pace that the game goes out uh, the game includes like the the pope basically being like hey stop that 
Because isn't the final boss one of the, the Assassin's Creed games, like, actually the Pope? Is it? I believe there's, like, Assassin's Creed 3 or something. Is it the one in Florence or whatever? Something like that. Huh. And Ezio literally, like, fights the Pope or something. I oh. haven't played them all, so I don't really know. I've just heard, oh, I've heard about it. <laughs> so what if the church was, like, uh, basically the Illuminati? <laughs> I don't know why I'm <laughs> Beavis. Or what, what, what if the church was the Masons, except not because the Masons was built to stop the, to be very against the church. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's there's that. Um. I guess that's that's about all I, mean, I had. To... That, that kind of wraps up the truth things. Yeah. Goodness. What is good in Plague Tale Innocence? Well, obviously, Amicia's care for her brother is mm. one of the the good. The, the good points mm-hmm. is she has a despite all of her flaws and her inexperience she's very dedicated to protecting him and you know loving him and making him feel at ease in the midst mm-hmm. of his disease whenever he you know has an episode you have a, a long tedious sequence of amicia carrying him on her back you know for the next the last chunk of the level basically until the next checkpoint so it's like you know, you have to to plod along with the weight of that which you know just shows how much amicia cares mm-hmm. yep <clears throat> plus there's the various friends they made along the way so to speak yes. so to speak uh, who you know check, contribute check that box yep <laughs> <laughs> um but you know there is Roderick who sacrifices his life, you know, to help them overthrow, uh, you know, to help them overcome the uh, Grand Inquisitor. As and, does uh, Arthur earlier in the story. Well, Arthur the... didn't. Arthur didn't die. I forgot to mention that. Okay, but, but he, he wasn't uh... Uh, when Melly went back at the same time as Amicia went to the university. They they got Arthur busted out. So, but Arthur uh, okay. got himself caught. He came to cover back and escape. then he died again. Well, he didn't die again. He died <laughs> in the attack on the castle by Nicholas. Oh, okay. So, so he uh, has okay. two acts of self-giving heroism. I just bring him back think... from his first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Um. Beatrice's, despite her kind of workaholism, she's a good mom. Mm-hmm. She's. Uh, protective of her children and you know she teaches them well and is kind of encouraging but also firm so yep yeah she's she's good mom and obviously was able to build up and uh, amicia to the point where uh, she could trust her to like take care of hugo and she wasn't able to um so yeah good good, good stuff uh beauty was beautiful about this game it's it's a very cinematic game it has definitely has that approach you know because of its narrative focus it kind of works with the visual side of things a little more with some of the cut scenes you can you tell that the people designing those kind of had some camera experience and uh-huh. they knew how to to develop some of those shots in the cut scenes and the environments are great yeah the initial the setting is kind of a a nice charming autumn oh. and then it slowly gets darker and browner and as winter shows up 
Well, not as winter shows up as the rats show up. Okay. And it eventually works its way into winter where, you know, at the very end of the game, you know, this there's a good blanket of snow and, you know, everything's white. So it's kind of that, that neat transition from, you know, everything's nice, but also it, it eventually... You know, it gets corrupted as the game goes on, and as winter rolls around, it's kind of, you know, wiped clean again. Which That's kind does, of an interesting motif there. It does yeah. parallel that uh, theme of innocence we were talking about earlier. Right. Bright in color and then losing and growing cold. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going out to face the brutality of the world to try to start anew. The harshness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, so the I wonder, visual... speculatively, I bet you the next game will probably do like the winter to spring transition. That's a guess. I haven't seen any trailers. I don't know. Huh? I, I don't either. I don't That's know. purely speculative uh, based right off the theme, theming of the first game. Uh, yeah, from the little that I have seen in the trailer, it doesn't seem like that's super in focus, but we'll see how they... I mean, a trailer's only two minutes, so you, you right. don't get the full picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Unity. Of, oh, I was, oh, sorry. Oh, was there another Unity thing you were going to... I was just going to say, is there anything else in terms of the visuals or the design or the sound or whatever? The The music is... It's largely orchestral and kind of background-y. There's nothing that... Cinematic. Uh, that nothing nothing that really stands out about it. Sure. But sets the mood. It does set the mood. Especially, like, the main theme is the one kind of unique piece, I would sure. say, of the soundtrack. It's got these kind of jarring, dissonant cello riffs at the beginning, so it's kind of sets you up for that. And the, the title screen is uh, a grayscale image of their house being overrun by rats so Hmm. huh there's some subtle subtle visual cues and audio cues that you know right as the game opens to you and in general stealth games as i understand do a pretty good job like contextualizing mechanics with the level design Mm -hmm. and where it's like it's a real real environment and you, you can use your knowledge of real environments to intuit your way through it and solve puzzles. Is, is this game kind of designed like that? Uh, I don't... I would... Uh, kind of. Because there's... It's too linear for that to really be sure. true. Because in, you know, there's not a lot of intuiting when the solution is obvious for three quarters of the game. Sure. And it's made to be obvious. But... I would say in in the later levels that kind of comes out, but and it at the very least is cohesive and believable in terms of mm-hmm. its like environment. There's n- there's not a lot of crazy, you know, the characters aren't athletes. They don't right. have a lot of you know physical prowess. They're a fourteen and a five year old, so that movement is kind of reflected and the level design reflects that dynamic where they kind of use their creativity to help each other through obstacles that Hugo can't get through on his own. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I'm sorry. So yeah, no, no, that's good. You can move on now. That's good. good stuff. That's good. Good stuff. Uh, Unity, what brings it all together? 
Innocence. The yeah. rat. That is the rats. <laughs> Reverse card. <laughs> yeah, innocence yeah. is really the theme that pulls everything together. The story, the environment, the the character interaction. I suppose the rats themselves, you know, consuming and destroying everything in their sight, corrupting. It's sort of a symbol for everything crashing down around Amicia as she loses her innocence. Perhaps. Like like it would have been living in that period with the plague and the, the death that comes with it and people having to deal with the loss of family members and such. Yeah. Death on a catastrophic scale. Mm-hmm. Um, cool stuff. Any other comments? Nope. Alrighty, well, in that case, thanks for listening to the Palladium Papers. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Palapapus. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at palladiumpapus at gmail.com. And if you or a loved one suffer from rat tornadoes, call dial your local Orton pest control. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we will talk to you guys again next week. Goodbye. Au revoir.